open it up. Romans 12, 1 through 2, this is one of the scriptures that I would recommend everybody to try to memorize and meditate. I used to know it by heart. See how I do today. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, hallelujah for his mercy, amen, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Now listen right here. It says in view of God's mercy, because when we offer ourselves unto God, when we say, okay, God, I'm ready for you to do your, your work in me. I'm ready to be set apart. I'm ready to be dedicated unto you. When we really offer ourselves that way to the Lord, it better be in view of God's mercy because we can't do it on our own strength. Amen. We can't do it on our own self-motivated, self-disciplined, self-help books that are trying to help us be a better person. You can't do it by yourself. We need to do this in the grace and power of God in view of his mercy. And then it goes on and tells us a little, a little bit more on what we can do if we really want to be set apart. It says, do not be conformed to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Friends, we want to be in God's will. We want to be in the center of his will. That's what God has made for us. That's, that's his perfect will for your life. But we have to, to make sure that we are taking care of our thought life if that's going to be the case. We really have to take our thoughts and make them, uh, take them captive, make them obedient to Christ, and give, surrender them over to the Lord if we want to truly be set apart, dedicated, devoted to God and his will. And so as we're going on this three-day fast in this next um, few days, let's keep in mind that God wants us to be set apart for him and for his purpose. And as we're fasting in these next three days, you're going to probably feel some hunger pains. We're not going to tell you exactly what to do. Some people are going really hardcore and maybe doing bread and water or doing some liquid. Some people might just do vegetables. Do whatever you feel the Lord has put on your heart to do. But give up some kind of food and some kind of time that you can pray and seek his face. And as you feel those hunger pains, I want to encourage you to pray, God, make me hungry for you. Make me hungry for you. If you want to be set apart, if you want to, if you want to be the, the kind of person that God wants you to be, then I'm going to encourage you to allow God to grow your hunger for him. And we're going to break that word down, hunger, as an acrostic, one of my favorite teachings, because it's the new year, y'all, and I'm going old school with my favorite teachings, and we're saying, shout to the Lord today. So come on. It is a good day to have a good day. Amen. So how to uh, grow your level of hunger. And we're going to take this lesson from Daniel, how to be set apart, to be hungry. The number one thing that you need to do if you want to be set apart is you need to hunger after God. I was just talking to my, my friend and brother, Jeremy, and I was teaching the youth a few weeks ago um, something that my pastor's wife taught me when I was very close to being a youth myself. She used to say, if you want to grow in God, you need to starve what you hate meaning those fleshly things, right? And you need to feed what you love. And so he had the van route home, and, and one of the teenagers, I don't know, they got it all twisted up. They're like, man, I'm about to, oh, oh it was the nine-year-old. Oh, it was, it was one of the teenager's brothers. He said, man, I'm about to feed my flesh right now. <laughs> 
He was mad at someone. I'm about to feed my flesh right now. I'm like, no, that was not the point of the message. (laughs) Starve what you hate and feed what you love, right? And I want to whet your appetite today because I really, truly believe that you have as much as God as you really want, (laughs) right? Like if you want more of God, we live in an information age. You can, you, can, you can get your hands. I remember when, when Josh and I first got on fire, man, for us to go deep and get some really deep teachings, we had to bust out old school commentaries. You remember those, babe? I mean, heavy. I still like the, the Matthew Henry's commentaries. We, used to, we had a whole set, Vines, dictionaries, and all this stuff that costs tons and tons of money that you can get now for free on the Internet. But yet we live in an information age with everything at our fingertips, and yet we're more ignorant of the word of God and the things of God and the presence of God than any generation ever to live in our country before. We got to get hungry again for God. When you're hungry for something, you go after that. And so here's a few steps of, of, of things that we need to do to cultivate in our life, if you will, in order to really have that hunger level grow so that we can be set apart the way he's called us to be. And we're going to break this down from Daniel um, because there's not hardly, <laughs> Daniel is one of the most holy prophets that we can read about in the Bible. And the very first thing is we need to cultivate holiness. Holiness, another word that we don't like to say very often in the church today. Holiness means being set apart, like I said, from the world and dedicated to God. So the this series, Set Apart, is really all about holiness. A word that we don't like to use because it seems so impossible. And because so often, and if you know church history, we've got messed up with this thing called holiness. We've made holiness equal to legalism. And it's not the same thing. Legalism is something that, that man puts on you. Jesus said the, of the Pharisees that they will, tie, they will tie down all these laws and rules on somebody, but yet they won't walk with them any. They won't, they won't actually live it themselves. They'll look good on the outside, but inwardly they're still having just as much corruption and evil thoughts and, and lust for power and pride than anyone else. But true holiness is Christ in me. That's true holiness. It's Christ in me. Allowing, feeding those things of the spirit, allowing God to grow in you. First Peter 1, 6, he says it this way. He said, be holy because I am holy. And this is the Lord speaking. Be holy because I am holy. Because if you know about Peter, Peter, he's my favorite disciple. I can relate to the big mouth guy. I just, I love him. You know, he stuck his foot in his mouth more than one occasion. Hallelujah. I can relate. He wasn't saying be holy because I'm holy because Peter is not holy on his own, right? Come on, we got some other big mouth people that stick their foot in their mouth from time to time. No, he was saying, God, be holy because God is holy. That's why we strive for sanctification, to be set apart, to be holy because we want to be close to God. Daniel was a holy man who dedicated himself to prayer and fasting. I'm going to read here from Daniel 1, 8 and 9. If you have your Bibles or you can look on the screen, it says, Daniel, but Daniel resolved not to be defile himself with the royal food and wine. And he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself this way. Now, God has caused the official to show favor and compassion to Daniel. This is where we get the Daniel fast from, actually. If you ever heard of the Daniel fast, it's a 21-day fast that Daniel and his friends 
decided that they weren't going to eat the choice food, the choice meat, the, and they were going to stay away from wine. There's a Nazarite vow that, that the Bible talks about, too, that talks about staying away from wine. We're, again, in the information age, we like to debate, well, can Christians drink or can they not drink? And I don't want to get into that debate today. Um, those who know me well know where I land on that side of the debate. But I will say this, man, we, are, we like to glorify things that are not of the Lord. I mean, I see Christians that want to say, oh, mama needs her wine. I mean, like, friends, like, first of all, we're saying it's okay to be a secret alcoholic if you need wine every single night to, to go to sleep and relax. Secondly, we're saying to be a parent, we better, we, we can't handle it unless we have some kind of substance to make us endure our children. We got to be careful, friends. We don't, sometimes we can fall into fads, fall into what the world says is okay, and we're not realizing it's really not glorifying God. Well, Daniel had a choice set before him. He could have ate everything. He was in captivity, if you know about um, this time period. He was in captivity. He lived in Babylon, and uh, he was one of uh, the, the wise men, if you will, during that time, one of, one of the advisors of the king. And he could have had anything, any kind of food that he wanted, but he wanted to be different than everybody else and honor God. He wanted to keep kosher. He didn't want to eat the things that God called unclean. And he wanted to have a sober mind so that he could really focus on God and the perilous times that he lived in. Friends, we need that in the times that we live in today. In order to have holiness, we have to do some things that make us look a little different than those around us. Just because everybody is doing it doesn't mean you should. However, you need to get that from the Lord for yourself and not because I'm telling you. I had somebody one time come up to me and said, well, well, Pastor Joy, if you, if you think that I shouldn't drink, I just won't. You know, I, I only have it once in a while. And I said, listen, that's between you and God. I told you where I fall on, my, on this side of the debate, should Christian drinks or, or not. I personally believe from my understanding of the scripture and what the Holy Spirit has spoken to me that we should not. But that's between you and God. If you do it because I got that revelation, you're not gonna, that's not going to sustain you. You got to get in the word of God yourself. You got to hear from him. And I don't want you to pick up my convictions. I want you to get your own convictions from the Lord. Because guess what? I might do something that make you mad one day. It happens. Ask my husband. <laughs> All the time, babe. Come on now. <laughs> and then where's that conviction going to go? But if God speaks to you about what to do, how to be set apart, how to be holy, then you are going to do it. Okay? And so I want to encourage you. Daniel chose on his own. I'm not going to touch that food. I'm not going to touch that wine. I'm going to be holy as God has called me to be holy. I'm going to be different and be okay with being dedicated to the Lord in this way. And guess what? As he did that, he gave up certain foods and increased his hunger for the Lord. If we do these things, it will increase our hunger for the Lord too. Number two, if you want to go to the next level, if you want to really be set apart in your walk with God, then we need to step up our understanding. Say understanding. And specifically, I want to talk about understanding the word. Okay, I remember when I was a young adult, 19 years of age, and I start first reading my Bible and really digging into it for myself. And there was times I just really didn't understand it. And then when the Holy Spirit did a real work in me, like 
the Holy Spirit began to explain things to me that no one else had to and, and related it to my own life. And I was able to apply it and make it practical. And it's okay, friends, if you're at a place in your life that you're like, you know what, I'm reading the word, but I really, I don't know how to, un I don't understand it. To ask the Lord for understanding. Daniel was a holy man, and he was dedicated to the Lord, and he asked the Lord for understanding. Matter of fact, in Daniel 9, let's read about this time when he was on this fast, right? 21 days. Verse 22, it said, he instructed me and said to me, Daniel, I have come to give you insight and understanding. As soon as you began to pray, a word went out, which I have come to tell you, for you are highly esteemed. Therefore, consider the word and understand the vision. So Daniel was asking the Lord about the times that he was living in. Again, he was in captivity. He was in Babylon. There was a lot going on, and he was asking for some understanding. God sent the archangel out right away to come and speak to Daniel, but he was caught up. Um, if, you, if you go on and read that whole chapter, he was caught up in, in the heavenlies and principalities over that, that country, over that place, was preventing him to hear from the word of the Lord. This is what we have to understand, friends. There is a spiritual warfare. We're going to teach a series this year on spiritual warfare because we are so ignorant when it comes to the, uh, the spiritual warfare. We, are, we don't battle against flesh and blood, but against spiritual forces of, of evil in the heavenly realms. And as you fast and as you dedicate yourself to grow closer to the Lord, best believe the enemy is going to come against you. As soon as you make a decision, I'm going to give this up for God. I'm going to tell you someone's going to call you up. It would, it, and it's not that that person's the devil. I'm not saying that. But the enemy will bring temptation to call you. Oh, let's go get dinner. It happens every time I decide I'm going to do a fast. I'm going to seek the Lord even more. Or, hey, I'm going to give up entertainment. Oh, your favorite series just happens to be dropping the same exact time, right? There's, there's so many ways and temptations. And we have to realize that our battle is in the heavenlies. The enemy does not want you to grow in the Lord. He doesn't want you to be hungry for the things of God. He doesn't want you to have understanding of the word of God. I remember when I, when, like I said, the first time I ever really heard the Lord really speak to me. I went on a 30-day fast. I was visiting churches at the time, young adult, 19 years old, looking for a church of my own. And um, I, went, I visited a church. It wasn't the church I ended up going to, but they were doing a 30-day fast where they, at that time, all they did was they ate breakfast and they fast the rest of the day. Um, and, and they journaled. They said, journal, journal. And I always kept a diary at that time uh, or a journal. And so it really, really got me. And I remember journaling and seeking the Lord. Uh, I was in, coming out of a really bad relationship. I was heartbroken at the time, and I was complaining to God about it. And the Lord told me basically the same thing that happened to me as far as um, is what I was doing to the Lord. The Lord basically said, hey, you've cheated on me too. And I was like, ooh. And, and through the word, he spoke that to me about being unfaithful to him, but yet he forgave me, he took me back, and the Lord said that I'm going to, if you would become faithful to me the way I am faithful to you, I'm going to do something great in your life, and so I made a decision to do that. I was pumping gas at the gas station across the street from, uh, at the time, called Solid Rock. No one invited me, no one gave me an invite card, there was not social media in that time, so I didn't see anything that way. I was pumping gas, and I saw a sign on this big brick building that did not look like a church to me. I, I was like, how have I lived in this neighborhood my whole life and never noticed that? Because I'm dinky like that. So I was like, huh, is that a church? 
and, and I decided to go show up on a Wednesday night. I had no idea walking into that door was going to change my life forever. First time ever fasting and pray. End up years, uh, a couple years later, becoming an intern and then finding my husband, getting married, becoming children's pastors, youth pastors, to one day pastoring a church in that same location. It changed my life forever. All the way coming back to my first time I truly fasted and prayed and sought the Lord for understanding. Because if you're only fasting without prayer, that's called a diet. I cheat on those all the time. <laughs> let's, be, let's be real, right? But if you're fasting and praying and asking the Lord for understanding from his word, he's going to speak to you. It literally changed my life forever. This church wouldn't be here if I didn't do that fast and prayer. My children wouldn't be here. My husband, who knows? What would have happened to him without me? <laughs> oh, Lord have mercy. But literally, though, where would, you know what I'm saying? One small thing changed everything. And that's how it is when we seek him and we say, you know what? I'm going to dedicate myself. I'm truly going to be set apart. I'm truly going to be dedicated. I'm truly going to go after him. I'm not going to play games anymore because I played games. I was sitting on the fence. I was a missionary dater back, back in those days. I would try to lead every boyfriend in high school to the Lord. I got a couple of them even baptized. <laughs> I mean, like I was like out there, but yet still trying to straddle the fence, if you will. One foot in the world, one foot in the church living for God. Until God was like, man, be faithful to me the way I was, I've been faithful to you. Friends, let's, let's ask the Lord for understanding. That's what Daniel did. He, he sought the Lord in, in difficult times that he lived in. And Daniel became a man of understanding, so much so that many experts um, still and, and study the scripture and eschatology, which is a fancy word that means end time study. They go to the book of Revelation and they go to the book of Daniel because he has so many visions and, and, and things of end times that still have not even taken place yet. Friends, he became a man of understanding because he sought the Lord. And I want us to become people of understanding because we seek the Lord too. And so if we want to grow in this hunger so that we can truly be set apart, we also need to become, draw near to the Lord, near, draw near to the Lord. James 4 and 8 says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. And then it says, this is how you draw near. This is, this is, this is the next step. If you want to draw near, cleanse your hands, you sinners. We don't like to say that. We don't like to say sin in church anymore. We don't want to, we don't want to say that. We don't want to offend anybody, but God doesn't care about offending us if it makes us right. If it makes us, if it, if it gets our hearts that we can say, well, you know what, you're right. Cleanse our hands. That means ask the Lord to, to seek you and say, what am I doing in my life that's keeping me from God? I have always told our young people that I've poured into, I said, if you feel like you're far away from the Lord right now, if you can't feel his presence, search your heart, see if there's any secret sin there, maybe something that you're doing that you, that you don't even realize that you're doing that's preventing you from close relationship with the Lord. Anytime I repent, and I ask the Lord to forgive me. Sometimes it's just an attitude. No one else might. I might have been faking it real good. I'm not really good at faking it, so probably not. But maybe I was faking it really good, and only people very close to me knew I had an attitude that was. <sighs> I said I'm not very good at faking it, so that, that's touche, to be fair. Okay. Okay, but maybe it's something inwardly that you're dealing with that nobody knows, right, besides God. Maybe you looked at something on the internet that nobody knows about, nobody was with you, 
in your room by yourself, but God knows. Maybe you had a coveted moment while you was scrolling. Oh, look at that person. Their life seems so perfect. And you coveted someone else's life. And nobody knows but you. Maybe you dealt with stress in a way instead of taking it to the Lord and having him deal with it. You took things on that you shouldn't do. You have secret addictions that nobody knows about but him. When you go before the Lord and you want to draw near to him, him, sin separates us from God. It does. I encourage you guys, start reading through your Bible this year. I'm doing an awesome uh, plan uh, that I'm, I'm reading through the Bible chronologically this year. And I'm just, just, again, reading Genesis 1 through 3. From the beginning, sin separates us from the presence of God. If God had to kick Adam and Eve out of the garden, right, and, and, the, and their relationship was different, God still, he forgave, he made a way, Jesus came, hallelujah, but sin still separates us from God. We cannot be in sin and be in close relationship with God. And so we have to ask the Lord, cleanse us. Search our heart, Lord, like David asked. Search our heart. Is there any unclean thing in me so that I could repent and and change my mind? It says, purify your hearts, you double-minded. Is that not the church of America today? Double-minded. I want Jesus, but I want my sin. When God calls us to, to pick up our cross to die to ourselves to follow him, not to add Jesus to everything else that we're doing and, and, and ask him to go ahead and bless what we're already doing. No, we need to die to ourselves, repent of our sins, ask him to search us, draw near to the Lord. This is what Daniel did. This is why he was praying and fasting. And we could see in Daniel chapter 2 how he, he uh, draw near. We could see in Daniel chapter 9, all throughout the Bible, go through Daniel and see how he was set apart and how he drew near to the Lord. When men stop praying, they start straying. That's Leonard Ravenhill. <laughs> when men stop praying, they start straying. A praying man stops sinning. A sinning man stops praying. If you haven't prayed and you haven't spoken to the Lord in a while, maybe it's because there's something that's keeping you from him. Go ahead and ask the Lord. Start with God, search me. What is it in my heart? And maybe you know. You just haven't said it out loud yet. God already knows. There's nothing hidden from God, friends. Go ahead and repent and ask the Lord to forgive you for that. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember back, I think it was like more early 2000s or probably mid-2000s where they had that movie War Room. Do you guys remember that movie? Anyone ever saw it? Priscilla Shires, I totally encourage you guys to go see it. But, man, when she began to pray for her family, things changed. I'm so grateful that I had parents that when I was rebellious teenager, before I ever fasted at 19, they prayed for me at 15 when I was going down the wrong road. And they prayed and for my dad, whose love language is food, to fast <laughs> and to pray. You know it's serious. But that changed the course of my life. And when we pray and fast during these three days, it could change the course of generations coming behind us. Amen? We need to draw near to the Lord. Amen? All right, another thing that we need to do if we really want to hunger after God, we really want to be set apart for him, is we need to make sure that our gifts, gifts, be gifted. Every single one of you are gifted in some way, okay? That our gifts are used to glorify God. Oh, Daniel was gifted in interpreting dreams. And he gained favor with the Lord because he used his gift to honor God. He interpreted even king's dreams of foreign, he, Nebuchadnezzar and other kings through all throughout the book of, of Daniel, he was interpreting these people's dreams. 
so crazy. Do you know that some people believe that the wise men who came from the east, who, who some of them most likely came from Babylon, actually came from um, they, uh, underneath the teachings that Daniel started in that country. I don't know if that's true or not, but I think that's, it's, it seems, seems pretty cool. Smarter people than me say it's true. Go research it yourself. But this man, was, he had such wisdom that he used his gifts in such a way that truly glorified the Lord. Daniel 1, 17 says, um, to these four young men, God gave knowledge and understanding all kinds of literature and learning, and Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kinds. God has gifted you in different ways. Are you using the gifts that God has given you for his glory? Maybe you're gifted in leadership. Maybe you're, you're gifted in being an entrepreneur and you, you have a gift to start businesses. Maybe you're gifted in service and you just love to serve people. Maybe you're gifted with hospitality. Maybe you're gifted um, with words of knowledge and understanding. Maybe you're gifted in teaching and you can help people. Maybe you're gifted with, with, with exhortation. Um, my friend, uh, my friend uh, Dorinthia, you guys know Pastor Dorinthia. She's come and led worship a couple times. She's so gifted with exhortation that, that the gift of exhortation, which means to encourage and to lift up others, that anytime I'm around her, I feel like a million bucks. I feel so much better. <laughs> and I said she's better than an antidepressant. You know what I'm saying? Like she's, she, you're just going to, you ever been around somebody like that, that just has such a gift of encouragement that you're around them and you just feel better? right? And it was free. You didn't have to pay any money for, for, for them to listen to your problems. They, they, were just, they were just so encouraging. Like, that's a gift that we need in the world today. Daniel lived in very, very perilous times. We live in the most perilous times of my lifetime. I understand that, that people who are the greatest generation, which my grandparents were a part of, who just passed away this year, they saw worse things than we have seen. But in our lifetime, for those of us who are 45 and under, this is, and honestly, probably those, those who are, I would say even boomers, those who are, who, who are uh, 70 and under. This is probably some of the hardest collectively that, that we have gone through. I mean, this pandemic, we're going into our third year. How many people do you know that I know who they've been lost because of it? I mean, it's very tragic. It's, very, it's a heart-aching um, time, and this is time that we have to draw near to the Lord. This is time that we have to use the gifts that he's given us to encourage one another because people are hurting. People are struggling, and people need to see the light of Christ through you, using your gifts for him. And guess what? That means in your schools, in your workplaces, you need to use your gifts for him. You need to be encouraging and serving and go the extra mile as God has called us to do, like Daniel did. Do that for him. Uh, do you guys remember Kimber? Some of you guys remember Kimber. She is a missionary. Actually, she's coming um, in this year, 2022, in June. I'm so excited. She is my pastor's oldest daughter, um, and she's come a couple times. I just love it when she comes. She is. She comes. She usually stays with us. She's only. She might be like 27, 28 now, but she started being a missionary very young. Um, in, in her early 20s, and, and I remember going for a walk with her, and she's like, I just have a goal to be blacklisted from a country for Jesus. And I'm like, <laughs> she's not married. She's, at this time, she wasn't married. She has a fiance not now, but she's just like, she, I mean, who, who? 22 years old. And, and she's like, oh, no, I'm not getting a missionary degree. Then they know that I'm a missionary. I got to be smart about this. I'm about to start a business over here. And just the way she thinks. I just loved it. it. Just like totally challenged me in my way of thinking and how to do church. Just 
not caring. She knew, she's like, no, don't put anything about me on social media because I don't want people to know in this country when I'm, where I'm going. To, they can't know I'm a missionary. I'm like, that sounds like Jesus to me. You know, when he healed someone, he said, shh, don't tell anyone. I'm using my gifts to be seen by God, not so I can have the applause of man. Woo! Come on. It's so anti our culture. What do they call that? Countercultural. <laughs> Come on, friends. Use your gifts to bring glory to the Lord. The Bible says, Jesus says, use your good deeds to bring glory to the Lord so that, that the Father who people cannot see receive glory because they see the Father through you. Come on, somebody. That's how we're supposed to use our gifts. I want to keep bringing it in here. So that we also need, if we want to hunger for the things of God, we need excellence. We don't want to just use our gifts, but we want to use them in a way that's excellent. Um, there's a saying, I used to say this saying so much, I, I almost thought it was in the book of Proverbs. It's not, but it's so good. Excellence honors God and reflects his character. I learned that saying from my best friend, Laura. She, she brought that to us, and she got that from her home church. Excellence honors God and reflects his character. It is so true. When we do things in excellence, it, I, now notice this is excellence, not perfection, right? Because none of us are perfect. We're all going to mess up. Only Jesus is perfect. But when you do things to the best of your ability in excellence, you are honoring God and reflecting his character. I'm going to read in Daniel 6. So we've been talking about how Daniel was a man of prayer. He was a man of fasting. He was a man who, who was extremely gifted. He was, he was um, given high positions in a government that was not his own, in a country that was not his own. I'm going to read through um, Daniel chapter 6 in the message version. I don't always read the message version. I understand that this is a parallel version or a paraphrase, I mean, version. But sometimes it, it helps us get that whole big picture. And I like to read it from time to time because it puts it in very everyday language. And listen to this here in Daniel chapter 6. It says, Darius, which was a king at the time, or Daniel, uh, yeah, the, so it's the, if you read the passage heading, it's Daniel in the lion's den. So you guys probably hear, have heard of that story before even children have heard of this. And Darius reorganized the kingdom. He appointed 120 governors to administrate all the parts of his realm. Over them, there were three vice regents, one whom was Daniel. The governors reported to the vice regents who made sure everything was in order for the king. But Daniel, brimming with the spirit of intelligence, so completely outclassed the other vice regents and governors that the king decided to put him in charge of the whole kingdom. The vice regents of the governors got together, they looked on Instagram, and they got jealous. That's basically what happened, but we're going to break it down, this is what the word says here. They got together to find some old scandal and skeleton in Daniel's life that they could use against him. But they couldn't dig anything up because he was totally exemplary trust and trustworthy. They couldn't find anything to dig up. They could not find no evidence or negligence or misconduct. So they finally gave up and said, we will, we, we're never going to find anything against this Daniel unless we can cook up something religious. They knew they couldn't say anything about him because he lived in excellence. He honored God. They couldn't find anything bad to say about him. So they said, you know, unless we come against his religion and what he believes, we're not going to be able to do anything. And so basically they they manipulated the king to make a decree saying that in the next 30 days, you need to make a law that no one could pray for anyone unless they're praying to you. They can't pray to any God or anything. And so then they made this big chocolate bunny and, <laughs> okay, sorry. 
I, I just I can't get it out of my head. If you guys don't know that reference, go watch the classic Veggie Tales, old school. Okay, that's the way to do it. Okay, so they made this big statue <laughs> uh, uh, to, to Darius, and they and and they basically said everybody has to bow down and worship the king. Well, Daniel was like, you know what? I'm gonna do what I always do. And he, and he had a habit of praying three times a day. I love it because one time a day is not enough for me. Like, I need to pray continuously. And the older I've got, I found my morning devotions do not make it all the way through the end of the night. Like, I definitely need to stop and pray before I pick up my kids from school and then before I go to bed. So I'm, I'm in the habit of the three times a day. So he prayed three times a day facing Jerusalem um, and prayed in his window seal, so, uh, by, by his window, opened up the windows and prayed facing Jerusalem. That was his habit of praying. Now, when, when this law and decree came, he could have been sneaky and be like, you know what, I got to be wise and I need to go pray in the closet. <laughs> I need to go pray in a back room somewhere where no one sees. God still sees my prayer. But he said, no, I'm going to do what I always do. I'm going to go to the window. I'm going to pray my three times a day and face Jerusalem. And, well... He was excellent in the way that he served the Lord, and he prayed. And, and he, he had to take a risk, which is the very last point that I want to talk to you about here. Take, he learned to take a risk. And if you keep reading on in, in Daniel 6, it talks about basically exactly what I said, but this is what happened. It says, the conspirators came and found him praying, asking God for help. They went straight to the king and reminded him of the royal decree that he had signed. Did you not, they said, sign a decree forbidding anyone to pray to any god or man except for you, they said. Sign, uh, and anyone caught doing so would be thrown into the lion's den. Can you believe that? The only way they can get him, because he lived in such excellence, he made, him, he made sure his gifts, he made sure his talents were serving the Lord and, and doing right, that he lived in such excellence that they made a decree to, to deceive the king to, to trick him. And yet he still took that risk to pray and not, not be ashamed. I just read that Jesus says that if we are ashamed of him in front of man, he will be ashamed of us in front of his father. Ouch. Ouch, that was in Mark. I just read that. That he will be ashamed of us in front of our father. Friends, I don't want Jesus to be ashamed of me because I was ashamed of him. Right? It's like, it's like when you're in a relationship or, or, or a marriage. Like, if, if I'm, you know, when I was dating Josh, thankfully, thankfully, it wasn't social media back then. But if there was social media, I was the type of person that would have been like, don't be putting on, it's complicated. Like, you're either for me or you're not for me. That's the type, that's the kind of standard I had. <laughs> of course, it's complicated. Look at me, right? But you don't need to tell everybody that, <laughs> right? This is the thing. We want a relationship with God, but we don't want to make it public. And we even say, well, it's private. My relationship with God is private. Well, no, friends, you mean it's personal. It is personal. It's not private. That's like me be getting married in secret and like, I mean, I can't, I would have to lose like 30 pounds to get this ring off, but <laughs> it, it's, it is personal, our marriage, but it's public because of this ring that will not come off. <laughs> Listen, your relationship with the Lord is personal, but it better be public because if you are ashamed of Christ in front of people, he will be ashamed of you in front of the father. And that's just what the word of God says. That's just 
that's what Daniel had to learn. And so we have to learn to take a risk. Reaching into Satan's kingdom. Take a risk. I just had a t-shirt um, made. My friend Bessie, I'm going to show you guys it. It's so awesome. And I'm going to end with this. I will be wearing this soon. Underneath a cute blazer, of course. <laughs> it says, read it for me, guys. What does it say? Heaven is my home. I'm just here recruiting. <laughs> Amen. We need to reach into Satan's kingdom. The Bible says that the gates of hell cannot withstand against the church. We are so afraid to be who we are that we have to be so careful. We have to work things so perfectly that, that we are afraid to take that risk. We're afraid to, to pray where everybody can see it. Now, listen, you don't have to beat people over the head with the Bible and be, be ignorant about your faith. But, friends, we have to be strategic and we have to take risk. We have to do things outside of the box. We have to reach out. You see a new neighbor coming to, to your neighborhood? Go old school. Bring them over a pie or cookies. I've even done that living in the hood. I'm like, I'm bringing the neighbor back to the hood. <laughs> like, neighborhood, get it? Like, do something different. Thank you, Gage. Someone thought my joke was funny. <laughs> we got to do something different. We got to take a risk. Share the love of Christ with someone that you work with. You know, I, I double dog dared, I guess they don't say that no more, our teenagers, about going on their Snapchat story and put a Bible verse. They're like, well, I don't know. They were like, oh, no, because I know what I've been putting on my snap. I'm like, I know what you've been putting on your snap, too. So go on there and put a Bible verse. They're like, oh, it was so scary. But they, a lot of them did it. We got to step out. Daniel stepped out. And guess what? You know what? They did throw him in the, uh, the lion's den. You could go back and, and read that. Most of you guys know it if you watch the VeggieTales show. <laughs> they did go back in Daniel chapter 6 and 7. And they did throw him in the lion's den. And guess what? God was with him that those hungry lions did not find him appetizing. They didn't even go. They became little kitten cats. That, was, that is when cats became domesticated, right? They did, they're like, like, I don't know. I'm a dog person. I don't know what cats do. But they were like, I don't know. I'm a dog person, okay? Purr. Isn't that what they do? Oh. <laughs> Meow. Meow. That's the first time the lions became domesticated and they meowed, okay? <laughs> okay, right. They purr, right? When they're really happy, they purr, okay? I only had one cat for, for like a year. I didn't like it. Um, but I am getting a new puppy at the end of this month. Okay, let's, <laughs> let's focus on the Lord, guys. God wants to do a great work in us. He wants us to be set apart. He wants us to be dedicated and devoted to him. But we got to hunger for it. Okay? It doesn't happen just because overnight. We got we to gotta do these things. We got to hunger for it. We got to say, you know what? I want to be holy. I need the understanding of the word of God. Get into your word. Read the Bible through in a year. If you can't commit to, to the, whole, the whole thing from Old Testament to New Testament, at least commit to, to the New Testament. Read it through. There's so many people who are Christians who've never even read their Bible, the entire thing, or never even read, at least start with the Gospels. Start somewhere. Start small. We need to draw near to him, which means we need to probably repent of some of our sin and ask him to forgive us. Right? We need to, do, we, we need to use our gifts to honor him. And we need to use our gifts in excellence before him. And when things sometimes go south and things don't always go the way that we want them to, we still need to take a risk. Reach into Satan's kingdom.
snatch some from the fire. Not be afraid to be who you are in Christ. Go ahead and stand to your feet with me. Why don't you guys go ahead and just close your eyes, bow your, bow your heads. Just get yourself in a position where you could just really hear from the Lord right now. How many of you guys are, are saying in your hearts today, you know what, I'm going to take these next three days, I'm going to devote them to the Lord. If that's you, would you go ahead and just raise your hand before the Lord? If you're going to make that commitment, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. How many of you guys feel like in the year of 2022, you want God to sanctify you, to set you apart, to make you holy? Go ahead. Thank you. Why don't you just lift your hands before the Lord? I want to speak a blessing and a prayer over you. Father God, I just thank you for your people, your sons and daughters in this house today. God, I pray, Lord God, that you would do what only you can do in them. God, I pray that you would do the sanctifying work in their life. Set them apart. Make them holy. Help them take risk. Reach into Satan's kingdom. Help them populate heaven. Help them not be afraid or ashamed of what you're doing. God, help them search their own hearts and get right with you. If there's sin that's holding them back, from walking in the fullness. God, help them use their gifts and their talents in a way that's excellent onto you. God, give them understanding of your word, Lord God, that they could apply it to their life and the world that we live in. God, I thank you for raising them up to be sons and daughters, be light in this world. Would you bless them? Would you keep them? Would you move on their lives? In Jesus' name, God's people said, amen, amen. Thank you for coming today.